podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Hello and welcome to week 39 of the Foot Weekly Podcast. This is a content pod on the main feed, but we're doing our usual Copper America, Euros, Roundup, and also, of course, talking about Path to Glory and a bit of content that's out at the moment. We're going to head into the semi-finals of the Euros next, and we have the group stage of the Copper America coming up. So I can welcome back, James. It is extremely early for you, so if he sounds bleary-eyed, that'll be why. Uh, can you even sound bleary-eyed, James? I don't know. I think you can sound bleary-eyed. I think that's a thing. But I'm <laughs> I'm I'm doing well, Ben. I uh, I was telling the guys beforehand. You know, I've worn my Germany kit now twice during the Euros, and they've dropped a big L both times. So I think I'm. <laughs> oh, I don't man. know if that that banishes me from wearing Germany kits in the future, or if I just have. You know, now they're just a, a fat an article of clothing or a piece of fashion for me, but wearing them on match day is just, is just not in the cards for me anymore. Thomas Muller's miss. I just, I, I can't help but feel personally responsible for that. Well, it's funny because I managed to avoid my own superstition issue over the last week because I actually packed on Saturday the Path to Glory Winaldum and I already had the Delict and I also got the Jao Felix. They all went out on Sunday and the, the, literally the next day and the other player I got was Chilwell and I was really concerned I almost discarded him thinking that I you know jinxed it but it worked out okay I didn't uh, discard him and uh, England went through so well that's days. because and, he wasn't on the pitch well right? uh, that actually yeah that is a well, good point well Felix wasn't on the pitch either Delict wasn't on the pitch after mm, a certain amount of time he started though uh, yeah he, he did start anyway uh, enough superstitions for now. We have with us returning after actually uh, a lengthy layoff with COVID. So, uh, Richard, it's great to know you're you're healthy and well. And um, yeah, I hope that wasn't well. I'm sure it was bad, but yeah, it's great to have you back. Thank you very much for having me back. Yeah, I had a, uh, the the Rona came in, swept yeah. through the uh, swept through the household. But I'm probably the most annoying thing about it is my age bracket. Uh, were actually allowed to get the vaccine the day I got corona. So now I've got to wait four yeah. weeks until I can even get one of my first vaccinations. But I'm feeling good, feeling even better after the uh, the results of the round of 16. And mm. uh, I'm sure we'll, 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 we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. We also have, as we've often had, almost our correspondent for the Euros in Copper America, Hubert. Hello, welcome back. Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to be back. Oh, it's good to have you. And um, they did actually release some content for you US-based people who don't have a horse in the race, though, didn't they? Uh, there were three US Nations players released uh, yesterday. I don't know what you thought of those. You Any particular standouts amongst that? Yeah, there are some interesting picks. They don't look that great. Yeah. Altador, someone who's performed on the national stage a bit, but I don't think he like actually plays for his club team. I'm pretty sure there's like this like dispute that he doesn't want to play for them anymore or something like that. So it's kind of an interesting one that I don't know. I haven't looked at social media if like, you know, sometimes the club will like, oh, our 
our player now has a special card in foot and maybe they're not doing that. I'm not sure, but yeah, I believe there's some, some beef there, but anyway, it's a uh, interesting choices, but you know, for this stage of the game, you're probably just playing for fun anyway, I hope. So maybe they're useful to you. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a guy in the, in the pod community. who's a big fan of McKinney, right? I think he was his profile picture even for a bit. So he did a full uh, road to glory with just, uh, Uve and American players, I believe. So yeah, yeah. So McKinney's perfect for him, and he, yeah, he look. He actually does look really good. It's just the work rates and skill moves on him. I think they don't look so great, and Brooks looks alright. But yeah, we should move on to talking about the round of sixteen and into the quarterfinals, of course, because in the Euros, that is what is happening. We'll do Copa America in a second, but let's start there. Uh, we obviously have this situation where a lot of the Path to Glory players have actually gone out, but we'll go through the fixtures that we have upcoming, and let's do them in chronological order, actually. I think that's quite nice. So the first one will be Switzerland against Spain, and obviously in that game, we've got the Zakaria. Zakaria is on two wins. Uh, also, I didn't mention this earlier, but I actually sold him last week. So, uh, yeah, really not doing well on the path to glories, but he does look like he'll be really good and he already is really good. So uh, if they beat Spain in this match, this quarterfinal game on Friday night, then uh, he will get an upgrade. If not, it will be Lorente and Morata. So it's almost like a showdown with an extra overall upgrade thrown in, which is kind of exciting. Although the Friday has been when they've been doing the upgrades, although they threw in another upgrade day between these rounds of fixtures which is quite good because they said they'd be doing them just on Fridays but I guess it would make sense for this one if they could do them after this round of fixtures I reckon it'll probably end up being on Monday but yeah interesting to see how that pans out but moving on to the match Spain they've been a bit odd in a way because their first two games were relatively poor from their perspective I think and then they picked it up in the last two games scored a lot of goals but have conceded two so yeah I feel like Switzerland shouldn't go into this feeling like they don't have a chance as such. Uh, they certainly do, I'd say, Rich. I mean, both games in the round 16 was just outrageous. France, Switzerland mm. and, and Spain, Croatia. But me and a lot of other sort of people I, I chat to, we were looking at that Spain team. You look at sort of the, a few of the personnel they've got in there. And then also, I think the manager as well, like he, Enrique is a winner. Like he, he wins, he wins games. And he, he wins tournaments. I think he won nine trophies in his spell at Barcelona. Mm. I honestly think he'll get this Spain team to a final. I think they'll. I think they'll do well. I think they'll beat wow. Croatia. I, I mean, they beat Croatia. I think they'll go on to beat Switzerland. And I think the the thing for me with Switzerland, I, I don't want to bring out all the sort of te- stereotypical puns, but I think they played the final against France. Like that was the best mm. I've ever seen Switzerland play. That's the best I've. I've I mean, France was shocking for like 65 minutes. They turned up for like 20 minutes, but Switzerland were outstanding like to go and and turn the game around in that fashion and then win on penalties as well. Like fair play to Switzerland, but I think Spain, I would, I would actually probably say a, a comfortable win. I think maybe a two or three nil. Yeah, well, and also Shaq is out, I think, because of suspension and he was pretty crucial to that comeback. And uh, I think they will probably struggle as weird as it is to say, Maybe it means Zakaria will play, which would be interesting. But it was a crazy game. I mean, seeing France with the talent they have uh, lose after being 3-1 up was pretty incredible, Japes, right? Yeah, it's it feels so it feels really weird because you've got this team of just like global superstars and, uh, you know, a manager that's got experience as well. Hmm. 
And you start to question, like, did they get cocky or, you know, like what kind of happened? Do they think they have it in the bag? Deschamps, for me, like it was clear that he thought that they were good to go. Taking Griezmann off, mm. for me, like he's he's just such a workhorse. He's a global superstar, like elite finisher, offers something defensively. And you take him off, it, it just feels really, really odd. And so you start to wonder, like, if they were up for it. And, you know, seeing the seeing the result like for Switzerland to Richard's point, like it was a final like it it absolutely was a final. But that's the great part about tournaments like this, Mm -hmm. because you get the opportunity to play three or four finals throughout the tournament. And if you can be up for all three or four of them. You replicate it and you come home champions. Anybody can take it from this point. Yeah. Well, of course, that's what Portugal did in the last Euros, really, wasn't it? And it's weird, though, because I feel like, you know, you yourself, you you picked up some of those French players early on because it just didn't seem likely that they wouldn't get three wins. And it certainly didn't feel like they would exit the tournament having just got the one win. Just from a foot perspective, do we need to be concerned about live items going into the next World Cup if Deschamps is still the manager? Yeah, I, I think he's maybe not the greatest tactician, but I think he did a good well of kind of managing egos. And hmm. you know, you bring someone like a Benzema into the squad. You know, I don't. I certainly wouldn't blame Benzema. I think he played well. But then you see before the tournament that Mbappe and Giroud are arguing, and maybe Giroud wouldn't be arguing if. Benzema wasn't there because he thought maybe he'd have a better chance to play. And then after the tournament, it looks like Pogba was arguing with Varane and Varane was arguing with Pavard and parents are arguing. And it's just, it feels like if the one thing you do really well is managing egos and then, you know, the dressing room kind of loses control, then, you know, what do you have? So Mm. it is disappointing from them, especially given the players they have. But I think a lot of people to an extent kind of expected this just given the nature of, France, it feels like they're either very disappointing or very good. Yeah, well, Deschamps contracted until after the World Cup, but I don't know. I just feel like considering how well Zidane did uh, Real Madrid with all those egos, including some of the ones, of course, we're talking about here, I wonder whether that would be far better for them. But uh, yeah, I just don't know whether it'll actually be something that would happen. We should move on to the next tie. We think it seems that Switzerland won't repeat their success against the Spanish, but we'll see. And that would mean that Lorente and Morata get those plus three overall upgrades. So we move on to probably the biggest fixture of this next round of fixtures, and that is Belgium-Italy. Incredibly, both on four wins. You've got Eden Hazard, who has a chance of becoming only the second 99-rated player in the game after Pelé, which is very weird considering the season he's had. And of course, all these cards, if they reach the final, only reach it, they'll get five-star, five-star. Thorgan also obviously has a chance of another overall upgrade, the final one. And of course, it's the same for the Italy players, Verratti and Florenzi, with Florenzi having just transferred over to Roma with his most recent upgrade. So I think that tees it up in terms of the path to glory perspective. How do we think it's going to go? It's an exciting game and hopefully will be a good one, James. Yeah, I, I've got a text chain with some buddies and uh, that we talk about everything football or everything soccer. And before the tournament, they were like, who do you got? Like, who are you picking here? And I was like, well, smart money on probably France, Portugal, and Belgium. And at this point, only Belgium is left, which feels really, really odd. And Mm. 
So, you know, I have one friend that's like, it's coming home. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But right now, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I was like, it would be really nice to see the Italians do well. Um, that squad is extremely well managed. They know what their game plan is. They have depth at every position. And they, going into the match with Belgium, if there is a team that knows how to manage Lukaku, it's going to be the Italians. Mm -hmm. They're going to be the ones that are most familiar with him across the board because most of the Italian players play in Syria and Belgium with their injuries. I, like it's, it's really, really tough. And so for me, you know, from a, from a FIFA standpoint, like I'd like to see a, uh, Italian kind of throwback because, you know, I feel like it's been a long time since they've really been kind of a prominent global powerhouse, but also that Verratti card looks juicy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that with five star, five star would be pretty crazy. I think it is going to be tricky for Belgium. It looks like, Hugh, they're going to be missing KDB and uh, Hazard the Elder as well. That's what it's looking like, or if they do play, maybe his subs not fully fit. So, mm. you know, I do think they have some good players. You know, Lukaku is someone who could win you a match but I, I do worry with you know if you don't have De Bruyne how well are you keeping the ball and if you're not keeping the ball well with an Italy side that moves the ball really well like intricate passing patterns and then you have these three aging center backs who did do well against Portugal but to me it feels a bit like a Man City versus Liverpool this year where Liverpool were missing a bunch of key players and City were just you know they won like 4-1 they were just too much um, mm. I think it could be kind of similar and you know, you look at if you take Italy as Man City and, you know, yeah, they struggled to beat Austria, but, you know, City drew with West Brom who got relegated. So like it, you know, it happens when you're facing these deep blocks, these organized defenses that sometimes it's not necessarily indicative of how you'll play against a better team. Yeah. And I also thought that Portugal were not especially impressive in the match that Belgium played against them. And actually Belgium kind of rode their luck even despite Portugal not being particularly impressive throughout this tournament. So we will have to see how this game pans out. It will be very interesting. And obviously, if Belgium do manage it, yeah, crazy, Rich, that from a foot perspective, we're going to see the second 99-rated player, and it would be potentially uh, Eden Hazard. That is why, Ben, everyone should subscribe to my trading Patreon. Because <laughs> I picked him up for 630,000 coins um, wow. just before the Portugal game. He's up at like 970 at the moment. Wow. And if they do beat Italy, he'll, he'll fly because obviously 99 rated, he'll be unbelievable. I think, it's, I think it's a bit of a 50-50, really. Neither side looked good in the round of 16 game. Mm -hmm. Two managers as well who, top managers, Mancini and Roberto Martinez. Oh, sorry, a bit of a documentary recently. It's, it was about how much Roberto Martinez has actually done with the Belgium squad as well, and he's really put a lot of hours into this Belgium side. So I'd, I'd like to see Belgium go through sort of their golden generation, so to say. Mm. But it's, yeah, for me, it's a, it's a toss-up. So you're saying Belgium, what, Japes, you're saying Italy, are you for this one? Definitely. Um, yeah, and then Hugh, who are you going for, uh, Belgium or Italy? I'd probably go with Italy just because of... The Belgium injuries. I, I do kind of want Belgium to win, but I think Italy will. You know, I'm, I'm going to go Belgium there. So we're actually tied up. But um, yeah, so far we've got Spain and Belgium or Italy uh, going through on that side. We move on to Saturday night and we have the Czech Republic against Denmark. Now, obviously, no part of the glory players for the Czech Republic, unfortunately. Um, but Ericsson there, 
would get an upgrade to a 93 rated uh, if they win this game. And actually, if the Czech Republic or Ukraine go through, they'll be the first teams without part of glories that could have got an upgrade. Just a bit of trivia there. But yeah, what are our thoughts on Denmark against the Czech Republic? I, th- I think this is pretty interesting, actually. It could be a really a close game, and both teams have had impressive spells i think in this tournament so far are kind of tough teams to play obviously hence i'm getting through this far but yeah what are your thoughts uh, i know hugh you've always been our denmark correspondent to a certain extent having done the ericsson and of course representing denmark like i am in the discord community euro 2020 yeah i think that uh denmark are really playing well at the moment i think that they were you know obviously with what happened to ericsson during the finland game that kind of changed things and also the following game that you know they're a little bit out of it but um, the last two games, they've looked really good. Um, so I definitely think that they have a good chance of progressing. They've just been playing really well, playing really hard. And I think Czech Republic, are, you know, they've done well to get to where they are. But I think without the red card against Netherlands, they probably don't go through. So yeah, it's I, it wouldn't shock me if Czech Republic won, but I'd, I would certainly favor Denmark. I know what you mean. There's a, a big asterisk on their win against the Netherlands in a way um, because of what happened there. But yeah, what, what are your thoughts on this, Japes, um, Czech Republic against Denmark? Yeah, of of all of the matches here, this one feels like a complete coin flip. And I think it's because, hmm. you know, as we like going back to the group stage for both of these teams, like often they felt like they were going to be the underdog in a lot of their matches. And this is maybe the first time where they're on the same level and like for for a lot of squads it's it's easy to sit back and to defend and to play on the counter and when that's not necessarily the case anymore like the match plays out differently like the the ukraine sweden match is kind of a a great example of that and so Mm. you know denmark had a a strong revival after kind of a, a strange start but for me I think the Czech probably take this. They're, they've been a real surprise for me in, in this tournament. And I think they're they're probably, they're stronger than people are giving them credit for. They've got players that seem to be up for it. They've got players that could win a match. And so I, for me, I, I think I'm giving the, a nod to the Czech. Yeah, I actually think that could be the case as well. I just think that although Denmark are very solid, so are the Czech Republic. And actually... Czech Republic have more match winners, in my opinion, and a bit more nous, in a way, I think, than Denmark. Denmark's defence is very solid, but I think going forward, they do have a lot of issues without Ericsson, I think. Whereas the Czech Republic, they didn't threaten so much against England, but against other teams, maybe not quite so strong. They, They did do well, and I think the reason why they were so comfortable Denmark against Wales was because... Wales are not that strong in the air. They're not especially defensively solid where Czech Republic are, Rich. Again, I think it's it's an interesting one. Czech Republic, obviously with a, a more of a shock result against the Netherlands, but the red card, they kicked on from that. Mm. They actually are a decent side. Like They play quite defensive. They're strong. They're physical. But on the other hand, Denmark absolutely destroyed Wales like they they dominated Wales mm. granted it was a a pretty poor Wales side I mean sorry to any Welsh fans out there <laughs> I think Denmark it's the Cinderella story isn't it with with everything that's happened the, the riding this wave of momentum I, just, I don't actually know I really don't know <laughs> it's, it's a tough one I think this is the toughest one to work out I'll go I'll go Denmark 
I think Denmark. Uh, okay, another even split, and we move into the next tie, which we'll do after the break. It is going to be, of course, England against Ukraine, and we'll talk about everything that went on around that after the break. So you'll have probably heard before that Foot Weekly is made possible by our supporters, and that could be anyone. It could be you, for example, but it's also Shane, who's the founder of Misty Jerseys. Shane's a long-term supporter of the pod, and he's offering 15% off to Foot Weekly listeners. What that means is if you're Europe or UK-based for just over £30, you can get yourself a mystery box containing a random football shirt, which could be from a range of different clubs and nations around the world. One of the really good things about it is that you can send a message with your order saying that you wouldn't like a shirt from a particular club, presumably a rival club, and you can also specify which particular colour too, uh, in case you know, it's not going to suit you. So if you would like to take advantage of that, you just head over to Mystique Jerseys, which is M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E, and then jerseys.com, and then you can use the code FOOTWEEKLY, so F-U-T WEEKLY, to get that 15% off. A huge thanks to Shane and Mystique Jerseys for supporting the pod, and of course to all those supporters out there keeping the podcast going, and you can join them too over at bit.ly slash more pod it's just three pounds a month for double the content link also in the description and if it's something you end up doing a huge thank you really appreciated and keeps the pod going as i said right let's get back into part two so as we get back in after the break we are going to start by talking about the england germany game and of course it's something that we are heavily invested in with rich and i of course both being england supporters and japes being a germany supporter uh, I think it's fair to say, Japes, it was a fair result, I'm sure you'll admit. Come on! <laughs> well, you know, it's all that stuff that nobody thinks is sarcastic, but obviously is. It's coming home, Southgate masterclass, etc., etc. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm kidding. I, I think, I suppose it was deserved, but this, the Euros as a whole, like... I feel like there's never been a tournament where there have been more world-class players or more players in general being so wasteful with their chances. Mm. And like Muller, like German legends, and Muller is a German, like former golden boot winner at the World Cup. Mm. And it just feels odd. So yeah, I mean, the result's fair. England as a whole, really interesting. Uh, and it's, you know, it's such, mm. it's an embarrassment of riches in many ways at some positions. Uh and so it's really easy to be, you know, to kick back and be an armchair analyst here and specifically like on the wing when you've got Shaw and Sterling starting the match and Sterling seems to, you know, I mean, you cannot question his goal record for England, but he seems to sometimes get his head down. He wants to drive at players and run at players and play on the break. And Shaw is looking for combo play and he's like, what the heck? And, you know, Grealish then comes on and you start to see that combo play and you start to see the best of Luke Shaw and Sterling over on the right, like perhaps his, that's his best position for this squad. And, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Saka because the, the stage doesn't look too big for the youngster, which I think says a lot about his future. But I think getting the, the wings and the chance creation sorted out, and then you got to sort it out at the back as well, because across the board, England kind of give up, maybe some dumb chances from time to time. Like that, that Mueller breakaway should never have happened at that situation, in a game in a match like this. And, you know, I think as a whole, they probably, you know, they need to sort that out, but as a whole, they got Germany at the right time. And so, you know, that's got to feel good to be able to have that type of victory against, uh, uh, an arch nemesis in many ways and a longtime rival and to have it happen at Wembley, you know, good for them. 
it was an it was an awful game to watch. I'll be honest, as a football <laughs> fan. I mean, wait, sorry. Do you mean as an England fan, or do you mean as, as a football both. fan? Because <laughs> okay, yeah. there was. I think as an England fan, there was a period inside the second half where probably like fifty to sixty-five, where I thought, yeah. yeah, this is gone. Like we we had a good end to the first half. Obviously, that huge Kane chance where he had to score. And then I was I was just watching it thinking, this is not yeah. going to go our way. And the the reason I think that we've, we've played really well so far is defensively, like that's the best I've ever seen Harry Maguire play. That's mm. one of the best performances I've seen John Stones put up. Like we were aggressive, we were winning the ball back, we were playing well defensively. But it was just like on the transition, when we got the ball in the final third, we just seemed lost and until Grealish came on, there was no goals coming at all. Mm. I think we're going to do well. And I think, honestly, on that right-hand side of the bracket, we make a final. The only problem is, mm. I worry for England, and I worry as an England fan, if we come up against anybody who's going to really dominate possession against us. I, I don't see us defending that well without the ball. Because I just think there were a few times like when Havertz picked it up or th- th- there was a few chances where I just thought we need, I don't know, we were just missing something. I couldn't put my finger on it, but over the moon that we went through into the quarterfinals and I think it's the best opportunity that we're going to get to make a final that mm. I've ever I've ever been a part of. I mean, World Cup semi-final and now potentially a, a Euros final. It's, it's unusual for England fans. Yeah, no, it is, isn't it? I think it is likely the final, right? But winning the whole thing, I don't know whether that is likely, to be honest, because if we face Belgium or Italy in the final, I think that will be a really, really big challenge for us. And even Spain, for the reasons you mentioned, could be a challenge. But I think, actually, we do have a lot of effective tools on the counter and could do very well against someone like Spain in my opinion, it's when teams sit in that I think we can struggle and we've shown actually that we've done okay so far against those kind of teams. As Japes was saying though, it was notable how much better it was with Sterling on the right and with Grealish coming on. I think particularly against these teams who are going to sit in until potentially, hopefully we reach the final, we will need players like Grealish to play more to unlock those teams and he took advantage of that Ginter side of the German defence which is definitely weaker. Does Foden come back in? Yeah, you could think? be. Maybe it would maybe make sense to bring Foden in just against you know Ukraine side that maybe they're not like a a deep defense necessarily, but they they can be a little disorganized. So having that movement, that interplay, um, I think could be helpful. But Saka's done a good job, so it's you know it's not like he's a weakness. I think that England, you know, people harp on the the weaknesses and the issues that maybe they're not the most exciting, but there's like a flip side to everything. You know, it's a uh, they might not be the most exciting, but they also haven't conceded. And maybe you don't know what their best 11 is, but maybe the opponent doesn't either. You know, if you were facing England, would you say you for sure knew what system they were going to play? Probably not. Mm. You know, they could easily play. They didn't look any worse changing to three at the back versus four, two, three, one versus other formations. So I think in comparison to, say, Germany, where you look at their best players and the formations they play for their clubs that you know, how many of Germany's best players play in a 3-4-3 for their clubs? Maybe Hummels, Gozins, and Havertz, and were those probably their best three players this tournament? And then you look at, 
you know, have those Bayern players in the team ever played three at the back other than with the German team? Like, you know, it, M- Muller, Kimmich, I mean, they're, they're not bad players, of course, but they didn't necessarily play their best. And, you know, Cruz and Gunduan in the midfield by themselves definitely didn't seem like it made sense. And neither of them play three at the back for their club. Dude, it pains me. It pains me on like such a deep level to see Joshua Kimmich wasted at right back. And like, don't get me wrong. Yes, he is an elite level right back. And does Germany have another elite level, you know, I guess right wing back in this formation, like maybe not like hmm. coming, coming up. I think so. But right now, no, but Kimmich is just an, an entirely different game changer in the middle of the park. And he just could be bringing a lot more in it. You know, like England, when it comes to wide players, like Germany has an embarrassment of riches in the, in the midfield. And, you know, you have a lot of options for who you could play centrally. And so I like, I understand playing Tony Cruz or playing Gundogan early in the tournament, but you have the opportunity to play Bayern's basically their entire midfield together in a formation or in a style that has been wildly successful on the global club stage in a tournament like this. Uh, to me, it's just a huge miss. You've got Goretzka and Kimmich because you're holding midfielders. You put Muller in front of them. You could play Nabry on the right, Sané on the left, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you play Gnabry up top and you put in Kai Havertz out wide or use Werner up top or Havertz up top. And you have a you have the opportunity to do a lot of these things. And having that Bayern core there mm-hmm. feels like it's just a better idea in a tournament. Like, it gives you such a huge advantage. Like, it makes me think back to like this, these Spanish teams when you had your Barca core, right? And you had the identity, the way that Spain played was a mirror of how Barca played. And for me, this is just like, this would have been an opportunity for Germany to try to do the exact same thing. And they just didn't do it. And like, I'm excited to see Germany play under Hansi Flick. Uh, it's a, if you can bring that Bayern mentality that they had uh, in that post-COVID run mm. specifically, like that was truly special. And so if you can bring that mentality and apply it to the national team, but you know, a lot of a lot of the players that he's he's managed that have that mentality, like sure, some of them are gonna stick around. You've got Kimmich, you've got Koretska, you've got Canabri, and like there's gonna be a core of players there that he can work with, but it's gonna be interesting to see if he can engage the new crop of Germans in a way that uh, maybe Yogi Love wasn't able to do so now. Like, that's going to be the true test, but I'm I'm really excited to see Germany play under Flick. Yeah, definitely. No, it's very exciting. And I think we should wrap up then on this part of glory-wise, of course, a shame because there were four German players there who could have got an upgrade had they won the game after this. And none of us were really backing Ukraine against either Germany or England, as we were discussing before we came on air actually so I think we can wrap up and say that we do all think that England will go through as much as I don't like to make that kind of bold assumption uh, with England uh, it means that we're likely to see another upgrade beyond the ones that have just come through for Grealish for Foden and for Chilwell all of those actually would really benefit from the five star five star upgrade if it does come home as they're a little bit lacking there but we should now move on to Copa America, actually. And we have already seen just recently the Acuna and Paredes upgrades because they, of course, reached three wins. Brazil had already had theirs, but both Brazil and Argentina exiting the group stage with three wins out of a possible 
four. And remember, we have four fixtures going on and that only gives them uh, the chance of getting a fourth win, a fifth win, and then a sixth win in the actual final. It's actually a little bit easier for them to get the fifth win though because they could go through to the third place playoff if they don't manage to win the semi-final and get a win in there so if either of them mess up Argentina or Brazil then that gives them a, a chance of getting an upgrade for the overall but not for the five star five star um, but the other players that are worth noting is actually Uruguay have two wins so far but they play Colombia that's Nandez who's the Uruguayan and then Sanchez and Sanchez <laughs> the Chilean and the Colombian they both have just a one win and the way it's set up with Brazil and Argentina in different halves of the draw, this does look pretty good for Argentina, but I think especially Brazil in this knockout stage here. I know you've been following it. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting bracket because I think that Brazil would be a better team certainly than Chile, but they're a team that can be really aggressive, really hard tackling that, you know, could really, I think, throw Brazil off their game. So it I don't think it'll be easy. I think that Chile have struggled against teams, not to sound demeaning, but more at their level or even a level below just because they maybe don't have the creativity, you know, the top class players to break those defenses down. But against Brazil, when they know they're the underdog, when they know they can sit in and hit on the counter, that I think that it's not as easy, say, for me as Argentina versus Ecuador. After Chile, I think Brazil, you know, Peru versus Paraguay, both teams, I think they would beat pretty comfortably so i do agree they have a good chance of going you know mm, yeah yeah well and also the other thing is that you're pointing out chile beating brazil maybe well actually they would if they did have a really good chance of going all the way and they played really well against argentina in the group stage despite not maybe having the quality they once did or you know having quite a few players slightly past their peak like Vidal etc they they were really good in that game as you pointed out they have a chance and yep. potentially could even beat Argentina in the final and then you could see a five star five star Sanchez which would be actually really really good um, not as fun as a five star five star Militao though of course and uh, I have that Acuna untradeable he'd be phenomenal with the five star five star and uh, his stats already are outstanding but yeah Hugh anything to add before we move on from Copa America? Yeah, just looking over the uh, group stage again, both Peru and Paraguay are on two wins, so the winner of their knockout great game will be on three. So it's a little disappointing neither has the path to glory because that card, they would for sure be one getting upgraded. So I don't know if maybe today, tomorrow, Friday, we could see a showdown card or something between those two that kind of simulates what that boost would be for that game. Actually, yeah, and that feeds nicely onto what I wanted to just do quickly at the end here. We talked, well, I did at length with Nate, the foot accountant on the supporter episode, got his thoughts on the Summer Stars promo that's coming Friday and also preview packs and the impact on the market of that. Do check that out if you haven't already and you're a supporter. If not, bit.ly slash more pod. Still double the podcast content over on the supporter feed, even across the summer uh, speculation around FIFA 22 specifically there the impact that preview packs will have but here i'm really keen to hear people's thoughts on the performance-based players we might see on friday are there any particular players particularly i suppose across the euros as i know people have been watching that more closely that you'd like to see rich i'll put you on the spot who would you like to see in this squad uh who's had a good euros i think renato sanchez has been very good while mm. portugal were in the euros i think he would have an outstanding uh oh that would be a good card yeah for item I think uh, Keher, yeah, Keher, the, the, the Danish centre-back. Mm. 
Kiar. Yeah, or however however it is. I think he, he's been very good. Obviously, the heroics with what happened with Ericsson as well. I think he probably deserves some sort of, even if it's just a, maybe a hero for item or a super juiced up centre-back. Schick, the Czech Republic striker, has had yeah. a, a good tournament so far. I don't know, I think it's end of the year, so anyone who's had a good tournament so far, like Sterling, just give him like a 97 right winger. Like, just... just just make them unbelievable. Mm. You, you don't want to sort of devalue the path to glory yet. Mm. So maybe you're going to see less skill moving rating, uh, skill move weak foot upgrades. You might see a couple, but I think just super juiced. I think maybe, uh, hopefully, the whole 99 rated, no one can be 99 rated, that's clearly out the door because we could have mm. had like, like France, Germany, Belgium, all with 99s. Um, so just bring some 99 rated players as well um, why not yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally agree on Schick I was actually going to say Schick I think if you could see him maybe 5 star skill 4 star weak foot or uh, even a 5-5 five, five Schick that'd be crazy because you know, he's only got 2 star weak foot I think or something like that but he's he's got a, an interesting build in game as well uh, Hugh what about you any particular players you'd like to see get a special item on Friday yeah I definitely agree with the ones Rich mentioned I think that Gozens would also be a fun one just because when you have a player like him that gets really boosted, you can really play him wherever, like left mid and three mm. at the back, left back, even center back, probably a good box to box CM. So cards like that are fun because you can kind of do what you want with them, somewhere to like a Griezmann where you could play him like anywhere from center mid forward. And then something I was actually talking with people in the Discord about the, uh, maybe yesterday was. Um, there's four players so far who have won two Man of the Match awards in the Euros. Lukaku, Dumfries, Spinazzola, and Busquets. So all players who maybe could be in with a shout if that's kind of how EA based those things. Yeah, well, Maguire got Man of the Match, I think, in the last game. And I'd love to see a massively pace-boosted version of him. And I guess because he didn't play the first two games, perhaps that would go against him. But yeah, Japes, who would you like to see? Uh, maybe as P like, I think he's been good. Maybe for Torres. I don't know, man. Like there's, there's yeah, a host of Spanish yeah. players that yeah, yeah. I think might be actually, you know, I, I take it back, like forget performances. Just, mm. just let's do what we always do in many ways. Let's pick players from top clubs that are fun players and provide good links that might be interesting <laughs> at this point of year. I, that's, I think that's my strategy. Yeah, we've here. got you going now. You've woken up and the coffee's kicked in. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much, Jake, for coming on. It has been a pleasure two weeks in a row always great thanks for coming on yeah two weeks is good i finally threw the the cup of coffee yeah. here at the end so waking up and you know there's no better way to start the day than recording a podcast so happy to be back on and mm-hmm. you know looking forward to future euro chats to come definitely and then rich great to have you on where can people catch you and of course great to know you're back in pod action and well thank you very much uh you can find me social medias tweeting all things while England are playing <laughs> through my fingers, uh, Abelkin 98 and also streaming throughout the summer on Facebook. So if no one else is making content, you can guarantee Richard Buckley's going to be live on Facebook, giving you all nice. the, uh, the summer content from Ultimate Team, fb.gg forward slash Abelkin 98. Lovely stuff. And of course, Hugh as well. Thank you very much for being our correspondent over there and appreciating it. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Been uh, fun and hopefully some more exciting Euros content to talk about. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And hopefully some more exciting games. There certainly have been so far. Right. All that means we're ready to wrap up. So a huge thank you 
to all of you listeners for joining us on this podcast and of course to all you supporters keeping this podcast going and to those icon supporters dave b dj fifa player coach vass hugh j thomas alan g alistair martin m jordan matt l chris w david s liam b reese a harry p sam b adam g neil p jake g robbie s jake s zach o tom b Stephen F, Eric T, Christopher R, Jonathan P, Elliot M, Lee A, Paul, Johan P, Dominic, Rob P, Michael, Kraus, Adam A, Sam P, David C, Brian S, Sila P, Mikael L, Nishant, Dougie, Anthony R, Jeff B, Stephen M, Roger D, At Pace of a Tortoise, Stephen C, Andrew C, Dan W, Pobius, Sporkum, Bronco, Matt H, and Savage P. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Nick V, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Before I leave you, though, just one more thing to add. FIFA is a bit like life, really. It has its many ups and its many downs. And if you are having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice and support, or even just a chat available to anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, I'll catch you next time. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Sports Social Podcast Network.